0: Let's change the measurement. Don't say, I can't do that. Instead, change it into a question. How quickly will I find myself improving by putting in the efforts and practice to become world-class at this? You know, Let's put action, let's put movement towards our, our affirmations and turn them into things that now inspire action. You know your business can change people's lives, but you don't yet have the right words to inspire them to take action. Imagine the changes you will create in your business as you tap into the secrets of ethical influence and positive persuasion to not only better serve your clients, but also to supercharge your financial freedom. I'm your host, Jason Lynette, and welcome to the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast. I help entrepreneurs and business owners just like you to close more premium sales. And no, this isn't about tricking or manipulating people, not at all. It's about helping your prospects to appropriately sell themselves into your products or services. Please hit subscribe and get all the episodes now at JasonLinette.com. So if you ever find yourself talking to a business coach or a business consultant, one of the most common themes that people tend to introduce is the idea of branding. And I tell you that many people start off with this goal of defining their own brand. In this week's episode of Hypnotic Language Hacks, I'm going to be giving you a simple four or really five-step process to start to define your own brand and really discover what your audience wants and even better, how to hypnotically anchor yourself to the person to whom you're speaking. For those of you that are watching either the live stream or the video representation of this over at the jasonlinette.com website, you might notice I'm in a slightly different location. Right now, I'm broadcasting from Nags Head, North Carolina, for those tracking the personal story, uh, already had mostly an online business as early as January of 2020. Then came a pandemic in March 2020, and was kind of in position to support even more people having already been inside of that platform. We then kind of looked around and decided to set aside the virtual school option that the county provided to then homeschool. And just as ideas began to churn, we made the decision to actually pick up everything and move down to Florida. So to track things as of right now, uh, we have already sold our home in Northern Virginia, and we were supposed to move into our house, the rental house at least, while we were on the market looking for a new home in Florida. That was supposed to be March 1st. Well, it turns out that length of a rental is a bit of a zoning concern. So everything's still going to happen, just slightly delayed, and it just got to mean that, well, we're moving in like March 18th now. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and right now I'm uh, filming this, uh, recording this as well from, again, Nagshead, North Carolina, if you know the Outer Banks area. Uh, first flight, Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. is just right down the road from here. My parents are now retired in this area, so at least we're one third of the way there. So take from that a little bit of a lesson in terms of flexibility, a lesson in terms of thinking differently about where we are, that what we start with is not necessarily always where we end up, which is a big theme in this week's episode, number 31, Become Your Own Brand. As always, you can find the show notes of this episode by going to jasonlinette.com/ forward slash 31. That'll give you all the details for this episode. Let me share one more link here as well, as we've got a thriving business influence and persuasion community specifically for coaches and consultants. So head over to hypnohacks.com to join that group right away. That's hypnohacks.com. Let's jump right in. Before we get started today, if you want to easily grab people's attention, naturally build authority and organically have your prospects wanting more from you, even before you've made an offer, I've created a step-by-step program to help you to do just that. It's called Business Influence Systems. And this is your opportunity now to visit JasonLinette.com to get a free, behind-the-scenes tour of the exact hypnotic persuasion strategies that you can ethically use to better start up or scale up your business. If you want a proven framework to boost your confidence attract premium clients, and inspire more people to take action with you, get business influence systems now at jasonlinette.com. So take a moment and consider that what you start with the ideas in your mind, when you have this idea of launching your business, scaling up what you can do, and reaching out to a bigger audience as we can now all around the world. Before we get into all the details of this week's episode, what I want you to remember is that what you start with is not often what you end up with. And I say this very simply, even before we get into the details, and I give you this four, but really five-step system in terms of branding. What you start with is not necessarily what you end up with, and that is neither a good thing or a bad thing. Let's just label that as a thing. In the technology world, they often refer to the pivot, which is a fancy way of saying that over time, this company figured out a better way to serve their audience. Perhaps they started with one idea as to what this specific product would help people to do, but then over time they realized another audience was responding and then it became time to then start to offer that out. Let's give some simple yet generic examples of this. Here's a computer company that realizes that the hardware they put into their devices, the almost proprietary system that makes their computers work, could actually be shrunk down even smaller and completely revolutionize the music industry. And without even having to name who did that, you know exactly who that is. Here is a shoe company, a company that makes shoes for athletic events, whether it's exercise, whether it's different sports, which is the theme we're going to hit on here in a moment. And people start to like their brand so much that even though they're in the shoe business, they're now selling t-shirts. They're now selling gym bags with their logo because people are now attached to the brand. People are now attached to that movement. You know, there's a whole theme around this branding concept that goes back to a quote. And it's a quote that when I first heard this quote, it changed the shape of my business. And even better, it changed the shape of my business despite the fact that I had heard the quote incorrectly. The quote I thought I first heard was don't compare your beginning to someone else's end, which even that alone, there's some good stuff inside of that. This idea that maybe here's something that someone else is doing. Here's the specific skill that they have. And we can step back and we can see their journey in terms of what they have accomplished. And the mistake would be that comparison game that our beginning compared to their end. Well, how the hell am I ever going to get there? Well, it turns out I heard the quote entirely incorrectly. Because the quote actually is, and let me read this here, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. Once again, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. And the quote, as I found the original source, it's the uh, NFL football player, Tim Hiller from the book, Strive, Life is Short, Pursue What Matters. Let me read the entire thing here for you. Don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle or your middle to someone else's end. Don't compare the start of your second quarter of life to someone else's third quarter. And now as somebody who doesn't follow any sport in any way whatsoever, I'm assuming that's a football reference. Someone correct me next time I see you in person. But this whole idea of, again, comparing your starting point to someone else's middle, and I'll tell you what that brings to mind for me. I'll tell you what this this means to me, is that oftentimes we would catch ourselves kind of looking up to somebody. We can look up to somebody even in an entirely different industry. Inside of the business influence systems community, I often talk about modeling. And even though you may not do the exact same thing that someone else is is doing, there's a level of modeling you can bring inside of what you do. It doesn't matter whether or not you like the Apple products or whether you don't. Your opinion is entirely your decision. But there is this level of, if I can label it, nerdy excitement. That Steve Jobs would bring to that presentation that the audience was excited to see the next product before they even knew what it was. And in many ways, they already knew they wanted to be a part of it. Even though still, they didn't yet know what it was, because he could bring this level of enthusiasm and genuine excitement to what he did. And it's where that's the company I mentioned a little while ago, of course, that went from computers to little devices the size of a matchbook that, to quote the comedian Patton Oswald can hold every song ever invented. <laughs> That's what it can actually do now. So when you look at specific, let's say, singers, actors, inventors, and dare I even say politicians, which just by mentioning that one word, I've offended a third of you, perhaps. Set aside what they've done and look at the fact that here's the person that was president, but now is a painter, now is building houses for people in need. Now is running this philanthropic thing all around the world. Now is producing television things on Netflix. The opportunity to pivot. So to never compare your beginning to someone else's middle, thank you to that Tim Hiller quote, it's something to be aware of that all this stuff has to be flexible. What we start with is not often where we're going to end up. Now, let me give you a bit of a disclaimer here, and again, stay tuned because there's a bit of a four, but really five-step system in terms of branding I'm about to share with you. The disclaimer, the mistake that I've seen others make, and let me hold my hand up here and call out the mistake that even I've been close to doing as well over the years, would be the mistake is to discredit where you've come from. Let me give you a side example of this, and then I'll come back on track here. Have you ever seen or have you ever been guilty yourself? of apologizing for the fact that you are there to represent your business when you're there to talk about something else. That was cryptic. (laughs) Let's break this down. Let me give you a specific example. I was at a networking event probably about 10 or 12 years ago now, and someone got up and said, I'm change the name. I'm Joe and I'm an accountant here within the BNI chapter, BNI Business Networking International. I'm the accountant here. However, I'm not here to talk to you about that. I'm here to talk to you about how we track the income in this chapter. Did you hear that? Did you? Yeah. Have you ever done that yourself? I'm this, but I'm not here to talk about that. I heard uh, the magician Penn Gillette one time in an interview talked about this. He goes, people who discredit themselves. That was an incredible magic show. But what do I know? I don't even know how to shuffle a deck of cards. Stop at the first part. <laughs> hey, that was an incredible musical performance, but I can't even play an instrument. Just stop halfway through. You'll get much more accomplished that way. When you hear that pattern, it's very often someone unconsciously often you know, putting themselves down, putting someone else on a pedestal. Let's continue the sidebar rant, by the way. I was teaching a class in like 2013, and there was a woman in the group who, whenever there was a pause, she she knew my backstory that I worked in backstage production management in professional theater for a number of years. So I wasn't acting, directing, or designing. I was in production and stage management. My job was to organize everything into spreadsheets and make all the creative, creative people get along. And every pause that there was, uh, changed the name. Cheryl was there going, it is such a gift that you found this hypnosis work. This is what you were born to do. This is, this is incredible. There's such an opportunity that you found this. And I'll tell you, I couldn't figure out why the hell it was bothering me it, again take the compliment, move on, I even brought that up to Michelle, my wife. And I'm like, why is this bothering me? And it's, it was like a six or seven day event. And like on day five, a premise popped into my mind and I pulled her aside to go, could I ask you a question? And if I'm right, let's talk about it. If I'm wrong, can we just move on? Which there's a premise <laughs> and I pulled her aside and the question was, when you're saying that to me, you have found your calling, you have found your gift. Somewhere inside of you, are you accidentally saying to yourself, I can't do that. And my assumptions, she hits me right away with, yeah, that's it. To which I go, let's change the measurement. Don't say, I can't do that. Instead, change it into a question. How quickly will I find myself improving by putting in the efforts and practice to become world-class at this? You know, let's put action. Let's put movement towards our, our affirmations and turn them into things that now inspire action. So this idea of, again, of making the mistake of apologizing for the thing that you're there for. Uh, I'm Joe and I've been the accountant in this chapter for going on a dozen years. And I've taken my skills of accounting into my role as the vice president to meticulously track the income of this chapter the same way that I do with my clients. And let me give you all an update as to how well this group is doing. Did you catch that? Are some of you smiling? This stuff is fun (laughs) when you do it right. So in a very non-salesy way, he sold the sizzle as to what he did. I have taken my skills as a professional hypnotist, communicating the goals of my clients back to them in such a way that that becomes their reality. And in this group, as your educational coordinator, the same way that I'm the most effective as I operate as an educator is what my job is in with this group. I got up and said that for six months running in that chapter. And never once did I get the slap on the wrist to go, you can't do it that way. Because isn't that so much better than I'm this, but I'm not here to tell you about that or worse. I have a program that I sell, but I'm not here to sell you that. What if there was someone in the group who just absolutely loved your message, loved what you had to offer, and how dare you not make it easy for them to take action with you? So this falls in back on track here. This falls into branding with this idea of you know, never give, never discredit where you've come from. There's a way that I tell my story, too, where every part of it is true. But I've also made it a point to metaphorically and quite literally uh, shine a spotlight on the parts of the story that I want you to hear. We'll talk about that in a future episode here. So as we talk about branding and how this all comes into play on this topic, I started off, I started off by seeing a stage hypnotist, one of the comedy entertainers do a program where he brought up a bunch of people from the audience that he had never met and some of them happened to be my friends. And there was the proof right away as suddenly they were doing incredible things that they normally would not do. And I was hooked. I had to learn more. So that was at my college. Now as I got into hypnosis and began originally on the presentational side, I kind of looked around and I saw that most everybody was going after colleges. Not many people were going after high schools. So the original entry point to my business, now disclaimer, my, my company still serves some of these schools, not during a pandemic, it seems, uh, yet I haven't done these programs now for going on about three or four years. If you've been listening to this podcast series enough, you've heard me already say just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it for the rest of your life. So by the way, if this is resonating with you, if you like these themes, do head over to hypnohacks.com. That's our free public community, the business influence and persuasion community, specifically for coaches and consultants, regular content, free updates, and conversations with like-minded professionals as well. This is the kind of stuff we we talk about over there. So I began working with high schools, and then as I was doing well working with those schools with like a motivational assembly program. My internal thought process was there's something more going on with this hypnotic work that I don't yet understand. That's when I went off and took more robust training. Now, from that experience, the bug was uh, sort of uh, bit, the bug bit, the uh, inspiration clicked. There we go. Let's go with that. Uh, and that's where next step of this was I wanted to open up shop, what became Virginia Hypnosis, uh, state that I now own a commercial office space in, which a group of counselors are renting, because, well, at least as of now, I'm in North Carolina if you listen to the introduction, but we're one third of the way to Florida. It's an Elvis song, isn't it? Anyway, so looking at how the schools were the market that I started with, the thought process was hey, kids and teenagers respond so much faster to this hypnotic work. Why don't I make that my brand? Why don't I make that my target audience? And so that was what got the Virginia hypnosis business up and running. Now I will say this next statement, I usually wanna say respectfully, but when you hear this, it's not so respectful. Now that I have my own kids, respectfully speaking, I don't really wanna see yours. And in the shape of your business, I'm here if I tilt the uh, camera slightly for those of you watching the video of this, uh, that's a picture in my top right over my shoulder of my parents Uh, that was actually drawn at Bush Gardens Williamsburg, they've been professional wedding photographers for going on about 40 years. So wedding photographers though, the catchphrase of their business for many years was wedding photography, nothing else. So your kid was graduating from high school and you wanted senior portraits, they would refer elsewhere. Now, granted, in the midst of a pandemic without many big weddings happening out, this is part of why they live currently in this Outer Banks region, because the market for the families coming down and renting the big, you know, 10-bedroom home and bringing several families in, and as people have kind of created their own little bubbles of communities during the midst of a pandemic, who's within our circle that's doing the social distancing, wearing masks and keeping safe, okay— if we're hanging together in person, let's kind of do a destination vacation, which is things are opening up. We're going to be seeing more of that. But for many years, that was the main focus of only doing wedding photography. So so do you see that if you try to sell everything to everybody, you end up selling nothing to nobody becomes a common theme in the shape of business. So originally I was going to be the guy working with kids and teenagers. And I share with you these stories because it's where over time, By listening to the audience that was responding to me, by tracking what people were responding to in terms of videos I put up online, that's where things morphed into where they are now, where it's been a couple of years since I've worked really with a teenager, most everyone I work with now are coaches, consultants, entrepreneurs, online business owners, dealing with issues of fear of public speaking, people who know. Your business can change people's lives, but you don't yet have the right words to inspire them to take action. Sounds familiar, doesn't it, from the intro of this episode? And looking at, two, those people wanted not just the personal development work, but also wanted to have the curtain kind of peeled back and reveal to them the secrets of hypnotic influence for business. So now that I've given you that foundation, let me hit you with this four, but really five-step process for branding. Part one tap into what you're good at. And you do have the permission to go off and learn something new and become world-class at it. That's where I I told the Cheryl story a little while ago. So tap into what you're good at or becoming world-class at. Let's label it that way. Part two, listen to the feedback because it's where over time, that's fully what explains where I am right now, by listening to the people who are responding to the most to me. And finding out that I was, this will sound familiar for those that have heard the episode on changing your buyer's criteria. We'll link to that in the show notes. Just go to jasonlinette.com forward slash 31. That'll be the show notes for this episode. And that's where you'll see the specific link on changing your buyer's criteria. Under promise, over deliver. Sell people what they want. And in the process of delivering what they want, give them what they need. So yes, i in a workshop last year, someone goes, isn't that bait and switch? And No. Because again, sell them what they want, deliver what they want. And while you're at it, give them what they need. That's how you under-promise, over-deliver. So by listening to your feedback, this is where you're going to hear what people actually want. Point three, track your results. Because again, this is where you're going to see what you're responding best to, what clientele you work the best with. I've got someone in the community right now over in Business Influence Systems that he's a personal trainer. He's phenomenal at it. Yet most of what he does, the sort of hook that gets people in the door is it's all done with a kettlebell. You don't need thousands of dollars of equipment. Here's the one thing. Here's someone else in that community that is an accountant that only works with nonprofit organizations with less than 10 people on the board. You know, person calls up and says, well, I'm a photographer. Can you help my business? And the answer is they could, but that individual has every right to make the decision. Now, this is specifically what I work with. And if anyone's listening to the intro of the buildup to this going, oh, we should get Jason to come to my kid's school. You already know the answer, but give a call. Anyway, we got people on staff that could probably handle that once things open back up again. So the recap, tap into what you're good at listen to your feedback, track your skills. And fourth is my favorite. This is the scale up phase, expand your skills into new and specific markets. The amateur changes their act, the professional changes their audience. So this is where you have to ask yourself, who else? Let's go family guy on this. Who else (laughs) would be a fit for what I have to offer? How can I bring people into a proprietary system that now it's teaching them this one specific outcome, but now through laser-focused marketing, I can bring more people into what I do. So those are the four steps, but I promised you a fifth bonus step, which I wanted to call this repeat until you die. (laughs) Let's make it more positive, repeat. Or let's go shampoo on it, rinse and repeat. So let's recap these five steps. Tap into what you're good at, listen to your feedback, track your results, expand your skills into new and specific markets, rinse and repeat. Though, this all fits into branding with one extra layer on top of this, which would be to consider that, again, let me now catch myself up to my teaching lessons here. I used to begin most of my marketing presentations in terms of teaching people for business to avoid branding And what I meant that for was, again, the the coach sometimes would pop up and say, oh, here's branding, Um, and they'd have nothing to show for it. Notice that we started first with the skills. Notice in this conversation, we started first in the deliverables. You know, just because your logo looks good doesn't mean you're in business. So branding is something that the reason why I used to put it down, and it's not that I dismissed it. I said that it's something to consider later on in your journey. The reason being that the fact that we can see white cursive letters on a red soda can, I don't have to tell you which company that is. Many of you have already connected, that's Coca Cola. Uh, if I talk about the swoosh that used to be just on the shoes, but now is on your gym bag, now is also on your shirt, uh, now is on all sorts of other things, we know that's Nike and they're not using the lowercase i so much as they did in their early days but the white sort of clean look of a device even if you buy the one that's space gray or rose gold somehow people have associated that white background with apple so branding is something rather expensive and difficult to track i'm not saying it doesn't work i'm saying keep track of the other deliverables first, the other tangibles first, then start to notice what people really begin to respond to. Because in terms of hypnotic language hacks, there's a principle inside of business influence systems that's a common strategy called anchoring. Anchoring may sound like something new to you. It's something you've already done on your own many times over in your life. Let's get technical. Anchoring is the ability to connect a sensory experience to another sensory experience. You walk into a room and you smell lemons and it's going to bring to mind specific cleaning products or specific foods. That's anchoring. You turn on the radio and whatever song plays brings to mind specific memories. That's anchoring. So we can start to use anchoring as a concept to link ourselves to the world around us. So I've never really told this next story, at least not on a podcast whether it's the ones that I've produced or even the ones that I've been a guest on. And some of you about maybe half of the audience listening to this are going to start to smile when I say it's about time we talk about the color purple. And the other half of you are going, what the hell? (laughs) So if you look at most any of my websites, and as a side note to this, yes, I have several websites. full time design team and programmers making things work, uh, the sort of machine behind most of the engines that make the business run. And there's an intentional spider web application as to how we have all these different website properties pointing at each other and rising each other up in terms of search engine benefit. That's not a fit for every business. Actually, no, let me edit that. that. That is a fit for every business. It's not a fit for every business owner because for us to pull off the spider web strategy in terms of, at times, owning the first page on Google, when you search for some of the categories in which I speak to, that's what it takes to make that happen. That being said, if you look at any of the websites, a common theme starts to appear, the color purple. So the story goes back that I was filming a video product, A product which eventually we renamed and sort of repurposed just a few of the videos into another program and this was filmed back in 2012 now quick side fun story that was a class that was created because someone in my local market said I took this other person's training and they promised XYZ and they never gave us XYZ and was complaining to me and I went well One, that's supposed to be in the curriculum as to what they teach, but if I was to put together a training that offered XYZ, would you sign up for it? And she said yes, and I had my first hand raised up in the air. I designed the course. I storyboarded the entire event, and it was a three-day video shoot. And guess who, by the way, did not sign up for that event? Also, guess who just signed up for the online version of the program, which let me call it out, respectfully is now eight times the original investment. It's better now. (laughs) So keep in mind, sometimes there's a long-term relationship to your business. So as I filmed this three-day project, I did not yet know what order the content was going to be created. Well, I knew what order the content was going to be created. I did not know what sequence it was going to be released. And the sort of disclaimer to this story was that originally this product in the first iteration was linear. Start here, finish there, 40 hours of video. Over time, people were overloaded by the content. And now it's morphed into another library, which is choose your own adventure. And depending on the program of mind you find yourself in, some of it is linear start here, go there, this is your sequence. And sometimes, depending on who it is, sometimes I may say, like if we've talked on the phone before we, uh, Jumped into the program together. I go, I want you to start on words and patterns and specifically look at this language pattern inside of the hypnotic language hack section, then rewind back and go to the beginning. So, depending on the person in the program, sometimes I will define their user experience in terms of how they go through the sequence there. So, I didn't know what order I was going to produce the final product. So, the logical thing was, well, how about if I just wear the same thing all three days? was a black and dark gray pinstripe suit. It was a blue shirt. And it was a purple tie. I filmed during those three days, like 32 hours of content, I knew some of it was going to have to be screenshot tutorial. Like for those of you inside of business influence systems, when we get into the high ticket phone process, it's helpful to see that on the screen. And you know, my style now in terms of doing a video screenshot uh, teaching lesson. So these three days of videos, plus some additional ones I filmed, which even for those, blue shirt, purple tie. A web designer who I hired, I didn't give much instruction to. She went in and that little eyedropper tool in Photoshop, she pulled out that specific shade of purple and used it as the design of the website. And I went, hey, that looks good and it was a very specific royal kind of purple color. It wasn't like lavender, it wasn't like a violet, it was like a rich sort of royal purple color. Over time, we launched that program and started to use the color purple a little bit more frequently. And this is that element of tracking your results and listening to your feedback. One of the first turning points was that someone at a conference in my industry gave out purple t-shirts to their students for free. And the feedback was to those people, is Jason okay with this? And I could have laughed and shrugged it off, except I listened. And first of all, I cracked a bit of a joke. Well, you know, they're giving away those shirts for free and our business arrangement is I get half of the proceeds of the shirts. Oh, really? They're giving away the shirts for free and I get half of, they got the joke half of zero. You got the math there. Uh, so what happened next though, was that I decided to do an, an inside of the video players in the program. At this point, we were using the software Wistia uh, as video hosting. They changed their pricing model in the last couple of years. Now the videos are hosted on another platform. But with Wistia, you get like a big old play button right in the middle of the video. And we match the same color of purple as the play button. We just kept using the theme over and over and over. At which point I had realized that I uh, talked about this in a previous episode on outsourcing. I hired someone who, quote, was willing to learn. And I'm not going to be doing that anytime soon for major design projects. So the website didn't quite work in the first draft. So the second draft of the website, which then worked, and finally we were mobile responsive. Finally, the membership programs actually delivered there's a reason why everything on the Jason Lynette brand is over on Kajabi because it just works. Um, the benefit became as the new designer came in, she matched the same purple and found some different gradations, found some variations of it while still maintaining the same dominant purple. Now, if you've heard that outsourcing episode, you know about the micro task, you know about the pivot and the design task. So there came a moment where her mother saw the website. And the comment from the mother was, why is that man's website purple? That's a female color. And the designer, who was technically on an interview job at the time by getting hired to do the job, she responds, he's building a digital media empire and purple is a color of royalty. Now, remember, if you've heard my outsourcing formula, this was the test task. And as soon as she relayed that conversation, true story, I responded, you're hired. Because that was what the purple color represented, which is a side note, et tu, Brute, when the Senate stabbed Julius Caesar to death. The reason why they did that (laughs) was that Caesar, as the emperor, was wearing shrouds with, uh, you know, clothing with purple on it. Purple was the color of royalty, so that's why they killed him. So if shit ever goes south with me, there's a premise, but... I call it out as much as I can. So, and over time, it never was a deliberate decision to say purple is the brand, purple is the color, to the point where in January of 2019, when I released my book, Work Smart Business, I apparently infuriated a small segment of my audience because there was no purple on the cover. So again, listen to your feedback. So when we did the relaunch of the Jason Lynette brand, you better believe we made it a point to say the color purple has to be there. And other anecdotes of this over the years, people at another conference pulled out a purple tablecloth. I'd never said anything to them. The community who knew them and knew me kept coming over and going, is Jason okay with this? I didn't have to enforce or police it. Not that I even would. Can't copyright a specific shade of purple. Uh, in fact, if you really want it, Work smart. Hypnosis purple is 712EAD. That's the hex code for that one. And jasonlinette.com, this is kind of annoying to me, but it just looks better with the other gold and blue color that we use 6E4098. Yeah, I really have those memorized. <laughs> we, we tried to make them the same exact purple. It's just, no, it just doesn't complement the gold that we sometimes use. So people had the tablecloth. And again, without me even prompting it, the response was, does Jason know about this? A few years ago at another conference, good friends of mine used a similar shade of purple uh, for marketing, for the handouts and the flyers. And I may have cracked like a little just, you know, friendly joke about, hey, hey, and I had like buttons that year that said I work smart and had uh, You know, the purple spiral behind it. Uh, By the end of the conference, one of the organizers comes over and goes, You need to go talk to them. They think you're really upset. To which I had to respond, I'm going to do it my way. And uh, male and female instructors, I walked over, sat in the man's lap, and started feeding him lunch. It's like, You know, we're not fighting. And they're still using the purple. Go for it. It actually is anchored back to me, though, it turns out. So over time, finding places just to drop the color in. Where nowadays, people will sometimes comment on my Facebook wall. They, they find the house on Zillow, you know, the whole Zillow porn movement. <laughs> they find the house with like purple carpet and they say, hey, Jason, look at this. Um, here's the weirdest one. And I won't say who it was, but the name rhymes with Jen Meyer. Uh, she went to the doctor and asked permission. The doctor had purple uh, surgical gloves and she goes, can I grab two of those for a friend? And walks into class and hands me the purple gloves. Um, when I replaced my car, I previously had a uh, like 2010 Scion XB. That was like the first boxy car, which then became like the Nissan Cube or the Kia Soul. Um, but when that had 150,000 miles on it and started needing a lot of repairs, I went, oh, I want to go uh, sort of EV smart. I've got a plug in Prius. And so many people started responding. Why isn't it purple? (laughs) Well, because Toyota doesn't make one. But we could still get it repainted. I got one small scratch. I got the red color. It's one small scratch on it. And like part of me is going, we could replace that little patch. Or hell, why not? Let's go for it. So I I tell you the story because this was something I never intended to set out and do. This was something that happened by, again, listening to the feedback tracking the results Uh, a friend of mine put up a podcast episode launching the first episode of his program the background was purple and a few days went by and the image was put up again this time with a different background and just out of curiosity i sent a message i sent a message over going hey what's up with that they go people started messaging me i never intended to own a specific color (laughs) i never intended to own a specific shade What I focused on, back to the formula, tap into what you're good at. Listen to your feedback and track your results. And four, expand your skills in the new and specific markets. And five, repeat. Though along the way, you may have specific things that you become known for. You may have specific things that people attach to what they know about you. And this is where you've got an option. You can either dismiss it and go, no, 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 that's not what I do. Or you can listen. I'll call out one little nuance of this, which may not be the best reference, but I think you'll see why I mention it. There are some actors that have had incredible careers, Oscar award winning actors, and yet there have been moments where they've taken a job, not just because I'm sure because it paid them, but because it was kind of fun to play a parody of themselves. Robert De Niro is a phenomenal actor. But have you seen the bad grandpa movies or dirty grandpa, whatever those ones were called? Yeah. He's playing a parody of himself. There are some movies where Jack Nicholson is playing a Jack Nicholson character. Um, my favorite one stuck on you with Greg Kinnear and uh, oh, what's that Matt Damon uh, where the whole thing was, wouldn't it be funny to get Meryl Streep to sing and dance and now look what they've unleashed. <laughs> so the opportunity where, when you notice what people are responding to in terms of your world, when you notice that, grab a hold of it. Episode number four of this series, Pat Flynn talked about when the day arrived that people started sending him back to the future paraphernalia. Uh, when you look at, I went through self school.com, Chandler Bolt, he is always there with a similar cut of like button up shirt. And I heard him speak one time and he goes, people bring them to me. These are not things that we said, hey, everybody, I own the color purple now. In which case, if I did say that, they would have called me an a-hole and not hyphenated. (laughs) So track what people are responding to. Look for ways you can draw associations. There's catchphrases in my business now that I didn't decide to go, hey, everybody, focus group. We're going to say, make it rain. We're going to say, the more we're all successful, the more we're all successful. I had a class one time and I wish I got this document where someone throughout the course of this like 10 day event was tracking the jasonisms the little things that I would layer into the training that were some of the catchphrases. Like when you try to sell to everybody, you end up selling to nobody, uh, frameworks equal freedom. Some of the sort of catchphrases that those of you inside of business influence systems have heard me reiterate time and time again. So what becomes your brand, what you you're good at, what you deliver, what you help people to do. Focus on providing that dynamic, outstanding value. Redson and repeat, you'll have a business for life. Once again, for more like this, we've got our new and growing business and persuasion influence group over on Facebook. Simply go to hypnohacks.com. Answer a few quick questions. We'll let you in the group and love to continue the conversation there in terms of how you can brand yourself and even better, how you can become your own brand. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast with Jason Lynette. Please stop everything and start exploring jasonlinette.com for even more business influence and persuasion resources. Make it a priority right now to subscribe to this program and listen to every episode, because the next one may reveal that one hypnotic influence secret to massively scale your success. Change your words, change your business, change your life. Get even more at jasonlinette.com.